I want to get into this word. We have an awesome word in front of us today. And so we are talking about family matters. Pastor Tony started out the series last week about family matters. Family matters. It matters. Why does family matter? Because it matters to God. Amen? So if it matters to God, it should matter to us. God created the institution of family. He formed it. He created it. And it's our job to manage family. Family matters. Now, by a show of hands, uh, Pastor talked about this last week, but I, I'm just curious in this room, how many people have ever looked up their family roots? You went on 23andMe. Go ahead and show your head. Put your hands up. There you go. Don't be nervous. Put your hands up 23andMe, Ancestry.com. Maybe you didn't do that. Maybe you went to an auntie or uncle or grandfather and said, tell me more about my family, right? Tell me more about my family roots. Yeah? Well, I want to share a little bit about my family roots. This is a... Bible dictionary. This is a piece of history. What this is, this belonged to Pastor Joshua Baker. Now, you guys may not know who Pastor Joshua Baker is, but Pastor Joshua Baker um, was my great-grandfather. And so this is, and so Pastor Joshua Baker was born a slave in the South. Think about that. My great-grandfather was born a slave. We're not that far removed, and so it's good for us to understand history so we can improve from it. Amen. And so he obviously did not have education, and so when he uh, was freed as a child later on, uh, him and his family had a farm. He goes on, and he dedicates his life to be a pastor. He becomes a pastor. He raises my grandfather, Eugene Baker, and this is my mother's side, as a, as a, and became a deacon of the church, and they moved to Chicago, and they raise a godly family. My wife meets a man named Daryl Bagwell, who becomes a pastor and then you have Daryl Bagwell Jr., a.k.a. DJ, who becomes a pastor. And so this is part of my family roots. I got that from my grandfather when my, uh, when my grandfather passed away because he got it from his father, my great-grandfather. And you may know your family roots. You may not know your family roots. But I want you to understand that we all have family roots. Now, can you guys put the definition of family roots on the screen for me, just so we understand what family roots are? Family roots are family origins or your p a particular place that you come from. So when we talk about family roots, it's where you come from. But all of us, whether you know you came from Scotland or your family came from Sweden, Jamaica, you don't even know where they came from. All of us can research and find our family roots in the word of God. Amen? So today we're going to talk about family roots. Family roots. Somebody look at your neighbor and say family roots. Now, we can all trace back our family roots to the word. And it starts in Genesis. In the very beginning... When God created the heaven and the earth, he creates animals and plant life and fish. Then he creates man and he creates woman. And if we go to Genesis 1 and 27, it says this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He created male and female. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful. Somebody say, be fruitful. And multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over Rain over the fish and the sea and the birds of the sky and all the animals that scurry on the ground. You see, when you were created, way back then, you said, well, Pastor, that wasn't me. We all come from, if you believe in creationism, which I'm learning more and more, and it takes, it's harder to believe in evolution than it is to believe in the almighty creator. It aligns with science, actually. And so we see that we have a God who created man and woman, Adam and Eve, and we are all from that DNA. And he calls them in his own image to what? Be fruitful. God was fruitful. He created. Amen. He created. He produced. He said multiply. Anything God touches multiplies. He created this eons ago, and we are still seeing the multiplication effect of God's creation. He calls us to replenish, 
Get married, have some babies. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Replenish the earth. And have dominion, meaning master what you are put in charge of. Everyone has a purpose and a call in life, and you are put in charge of it. You're called to have dominion in that area. Amen? Now, the challenge is we look at families, and our families are called to the same thing. We look at families, and we realize not every family is living in that blessing. He blessed them with this, and he called them to it. We look around, and we see families living this way. Unfortunately, we see families in chaos. We see homes that are broken. We see divorce running rampant and increasing. We see motherless homes, fatherless homes. We see these things, and what caused it? It goes back to Genesis again. When sin came in through the serpent, they were told to do one thing, and it was to follow God's rules. It was to be rooted in God. Can I tell you this? A family that is rooted in God is a family that will flourish. I'm going to say this again. I want you to take this. This is a teaching today. So if you if you wait for me to yell, that might come later. But I want you to take notes because I want you to get understanding. A family that is rooted in God is a family that will flourish. So because we share the DNA of God, we are called to flourish. So when you root yourself in God, you flourish. However, what they did was they chose to eat of what? The tree, the knowledge of good and evil. What does that mean? They went from, God, I'm rooting in myself in you, to now we're going to make our own decisions and go based on the knowledge that we believe is good for us. And that's what happens to families every day is that they say, you know what? We don't need this God thing. We're going to do what we think is best. I'm going to do what my mama said is best. And we come into a place of unfruitfulness. And that's what takes us to a place of not flourishing as God called us to. But Jesus comes, and he fixes that whole thing. Sin came in, but then Jesus comes, and he reconnects us. That's why the Bible says, Jesus says, I'm the vine, and you are the branches, and apart from me, you can do nothing. There we go, Bible scholars. And so he says, you can do nothing. So Jesus literally is our reconnection to the roots of the Father. Does that make sense? So sin, where sin wanted to separate us, Jesus comes, and he reconnects us to the roots of, father, of the Father. So we can come to the Father anytime. You don't need me to go to the Father. You can go to the Father on your own every day from home. You can stay rooted as a family. You and your family can get stay rooted in Jesus, and you will flourish. Why does that matter? Here's why. Your roots will predict your fruits. I'm going to say that again. Your roots coming up. There you go. Your roots will predict your fruit. What does that even mean? If you want to know the cause of your current situation, go back and look at the root of it. You say, well, my family, my family matters. Do you have a family that's serving God? Do you have a family that's living in peace and the fruits of the spirit? They're probably going to see they're connected to God. Is there, are you facing hell in your home? constant bickering and battling. Now, that's not to say that Christians don't have challenges, but when we have challenges, we have a strong root system that can keep us planted firm. We have a firm foundation. We just sang about that. So when you look in your home, you say, what is the roots of it? And guess what? You have a choice to establish your roots in God. Your roots predict your fruit. In fact, Jesus talks about this in Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9, actually. And I'm not going to read it for you, but I'm going to go through each thing he talks about. Jesus tells a parable. A parable is simply this. It is an analogy. It is a story used to demonstrate a deeper purpose. So Jesus talks about the sower. A sower is a farmer, and he's sowing seeds in different areas. And based on where those seeds are rooted, that predicts the fruit and the outcome of what happens. That is the same with families. You guys ready? The first set 
is the seed that was scattered on the path. Seed that's scattered on the path. What does that mean? This farmer's throwing out seeds and they land on the path. It's not in soil. And what happens later on? Birds are like, great, mealtime, and they come and they eat it up. It never becomes uh, flourishing. It never becomes fruitful, right? When we look at our families, this is like a family who seeks God but has no understanding. I'm going to say that again. This is like a family who seeks God, but yet they don't get to understand. The Bible says in all you're getting, what? Get understanding. So you can come to church and not get understanding. And so what happens is the attacks of the enemy, we talked about John 10 and 10 this morning in the men's huddle. If you're not coming to the men's huddle, check it out. 10, 9, what time is the men's huddle? 9.30. Thank you, somebody. Help me out. Because we dig into the word to get understanding. You get a little bit from me now, but you got to dig deeper in. So the families that don't get understanding, don't read their Bibles at home, don't dig deeper into it, what happens is the enemy comes and he plucks the word out of your heart. It happened in the very beginning. We can go back to Genesis and understand our problems today. The serpent comes and says, did God really say that? Are you sure about that? The serpent is still coming to people today. Did God really say you're loved? Did God really say that you're supposed to be married? I think divorce is okay. Did God really say your kids, when, if you train them in the way they should go, when they get older, they won't depart from it? Did God really say that? And it's our job to understand the word so that we will not be scattered on the side. The second seed system, or the second root system is this. Seeds that were put in rocky ground. So they were in the soil, but unfortunately it was rocky soil, rocky ground. And so the Bible says that it couldn't form a strong root system. And so this root system can't form a strong connection to its source. Come on, somebody. And when the sun comes... It scorches the plant until it dies. This is a family who seeks God but has no relationship with God or with the people of God. Family matters. Now, I'm going to give this disclaimer because y'all are looking like, okay, Pastor, this is heavy. <laughs> this is not condemnation. This is instruction so that you can see the goodness of God in your life. God loves you so much that he's like, I want you to understand the tricks of the enemy, and I'm going to show you when you see this. If you see this fruit in your life, now you know what it's from. You could deal with the root and get back to where God intended you to, back where God sent Jesus to give you access to. Now, this rocky ground, the sun comes and it scorches it. This is families who don't have close relationships. They seek God, but they don't have relationship. Mm. And so what happens is this. They come to church, but they don't read their Bibles at home. So they don't have that relationship. They're not trusting God on a regular basis. So they don't have the fruit of trusting God. And when the pressures of life come, when the heat of life comes, when the challenges of life comes, they give up on their commitment to God. Or maybe they don't have relationships with people in the church. How many people here have ever called someone when you were going through in life? You called someone from the church and they help you stick through it. Raise your hand right now. Right? Me too. When I wanted to give up, thank God that I was planted next to other people who were planted in God, and they helped me stick the course. But when you don't have a relationship, it's easy for the sun to scorch you and kill you, and that's called life's problems, taking you out to where you turn your back on God. The third seed system is this. It's a seed system that's planted in the soil, but then thorns grow up and they choke it out. So Jesus says the seed is planted, thorns come around it, and they choke out the life of it. To use Jesus' analogy, this is the family who comes and they seek God, but they are consumed with self 
service. They're consumed with selfishness. It's all about them. What are some examples of that? They come to church, they see God, and they say, well, you know what? I got to, you know, go make this money. I got to do me. Sorry, God, I don't have time for that. The kids, you know, the kids got soccer, and I just don't have time to invest in church like that. And it's about me. The way that you flourish in the kingdom is to give. It's actually upside down. The world's system, the more I take, the more I keep, the bigger I grow. But the kingdom of God works this, the more I give. The Bible says that God has not mocked whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. And so in order for you to reap in the kingdom, you have to give. Give. Press down, shaking together, so be pouring over. The first step in seeing that poured over blessing is giving. We have to give of ourselves, otherwise we get choked up by self-righteousness, self-effort, self-assumptions, and we don't produce the fruit that we're called to produce. But the good news is this. There is a fourth seed system, and this is the seed that's planted in good ground. It is connected to good ground, and it flourishes, and it flourishes in 30, 60, and 100 fold is what the Bible says. And what does that mean? That means that it produces fruit and it's multiplied. That sounds like what? Genesis 1 and 27, where God says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish. And so this is the people that, they, 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 the families that seek God. They not only hear the word, they understand the word, and they live the word. And even in that group of people, there's various levels of fruit production. So when you see someone at church and, they, and their fruit looks bigger than yours, don't get mad. Don't be jealous. Say, tell me, how did you produce that fruit? I remember when I first came here, and Pastor Jason, uh, Pastor Jason Bonilla, how many people know him? He's the campus pastor before I was here, right? I remember seeing him and seeing his kids. I said, show me how you produce that hundredfold fruit. So if you've ever met his kids, they love Jesus. They love each other. They love people. They're just good children. I didn't say, well, you know what? That's not for me. I said, no, show me how to get that hundredfold fruit. If there's fruit that you want, you're plugged into the, to God, and you're saying, I, I, I appreciate the 30-fold, but God, I'm trusting you for more. Find somebody that can show you how to cultivate the harvest you want to see in your life. Amen? Amen? Now, the question is, what do you do with this information? Now you know this is the different places where families can be rooted at. What do you do with this information? A family rooted in God must be rooted in three areas. They must be rooted in prayer, they must be rooted in faith, and they must be rooted in community. Let's break down each one. Prayer. Prayer is communication with God. It's that simple. Going back to Genesis. Everything goes back. That's why you have to read your Bible. In the Old Testament, too, I know they've been giving those Bibles with just the Gospels, but you need the whole Bible so you can go back and see what God's plan that led up to the Gospel. Why is the Gospel relevant? It's because God was reforming what he set forth in Genesis. Genesis, he says, I want to make man, and he would come down and commune with man in the day. God's intention from the very beginning was to talk to you and for you to talk back. God wants a relationship with you. 
Sin broke that relationship, so he sends Jesus. He gives his only begotten son. That way you could be restored back to righteousness. Righteousness is simply this, right standing with God. That means that you can come to God with no fear, no condemnation. Some people right now don't have Jesus in their heart because, like, well, i got to get my life right. I'm not good enough. When you accept Jesus, you become the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, meaning you're in right standing with God because Jesus is in right standing. So I come in the name of Jesus, and I'm in right standing, and I can pray and talk to my Father, and he hears me, and he answers me me. Why? Because I'm in right standing. I'm not afraid of God. He is my father. A family that understands that prays. The scripture says this, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. It's going to pop up on the screen. That's right. There we go. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. All he has done. So this is what a family does who's rooted in prayer. Well, I see the bill coming in. I see the bill coming in. What do we do with that? I don't know. You pray about it. I see the health diagnosis, right? The doctor gave your kid a diagnosis. The doctor gave your wife a diagnosis. The doctor gave your family. And you say, well, what does the word say? I'm going to pray about this. I'm not going to worry about it. And he tells you to do two things as a family. You are going to tell God what you want, that's part of prayer, and then thank him for what he's already done. A family that's rooted in God says, God, here's what's going on, here's what I need from you, Lord. And then they give it to God and they say, thank you for what you've done for us already. The second principle a family must be rooted in is this faith. Somebody say faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without So it's impossible for my family to please God if we're not a faith-filled family. It's impossible to please God without faith. Here's what the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we live by believing and not by seeing. A family that's rooted in God does not go based on what they see. They go based on what he said. I'm going to say that again. A family that's rooted in faith does not go by what they see. So you may see, again, these same bills coming in. You may see the diagnosis. You may see all these different things. But what do you go on as a family? You may see your kids rebelling. You're like, I know I taught you better than that. But what does the word say? The word says, train up a child in the way they should go when they get older. What? They won't depart from it. Not what I see. It's what the Bible says. A family rooted in God says, here's what the word says. How did Jesus fight the enemy? When Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy came to him and said, here's what, I'm gonna, here's what we're going to do, here's what it is. And Jesus' response was what? It is written. The same way that Jesus fought, you have to fight too. When you see things come against your family, you use the word. Somebody say, use the word. Not on what you see, but on what God said, and what God said is in the word. The last part is this, community. Somebody say community. Now, it's good to have a family rooted in Tampa Bay community. We love that. We are the city. We love the city. But we're talking about a community of faith. Now, if we go to Acts 2, the setup to scripture we're going to go through, this is after the day of Pentecost. This is actually on the day of Pentecost. And we're seeing that the Holy Spirit comes in and rests on the people. Now, if you're new to church, I'll quickly explain what that means. It sounds like I got a lot of feedback on this mic. You guys could fix that. The whole, the, so the Holy Spirit comes and he, and, he, and he rests on the people. 
God is three persons, just like DJ's three people. I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm also a pastor, right? We can say I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a pastor. And so the third part of God comes. Jesus is walking with man. Now the Holy Spirit comes and he rests in man. Does that make sense? And so he comes and he rests in men. And through this, here's what happens with the church. It says this, Acts 2.42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Pause there. What did I say? A family that's rooted in God is going to get understanding, right? If you don't get understanding, the birds will come and pluck out the word of God out your heart. But all the believers, the first thing they did was they devoted themselves to the teaching. They joined connect groups. They came to church. They dug in. And to fellowship. So they not only got teaching, but they, but they communicated with each other. They hung out with each other. Christianity is not a solo sport. It's not like tennis where you're out there by yourself. It's a group sport. You have to have connection with God, but you also have to have fellowship. And they were sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper and the prayer. How many people have ever invited somebody from church to your house to share a meal? Right? And can I speak to the single people? And y'all like, this isn't for me, Pastor. This is for you. Two reasons. Number one, if you want to get married in the future, this is the most important thing you can ever get. That way, before you choose that, 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 that person, <laughs> you got to make sure that your root system is equally yoked. That means you guys have the same root system. Because if you got different root systems, it's going to be hard. Maybe you're not trusting God for marriage, but guess what? You can still be rooted in the right place and create a generational blessing for those that are after you and around you. So they come and they have the Lord's Supper and they have prayer. Remember, that's one of the principles is prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So what happens when there's a church that's rooted in God? The presence of God comes in. All of a sudden, people who couldn't see, blind people, become, they can see again. People who couldn't hear, they can hear again. When the presence of God comes into a church, and think about this, the presence of God loves a place where there's unity, where there's community. And so he comes in and he rests there, and people are changed forever. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. So when you, everyone tells you, well, I don't need to go to church because God's everywhere. God's in my home. God is in your home. But the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together with other believers as some do. Why? Because we have to get in one place, get in unity, because I need you and you need me. And if we pull each other's gifts on each other, our family's going to flourish. My family needs your family. Your family needs my family. I, we need each other. There's times that people can get through to my kids better than I can. I was one of those kids, right? Other people could tell me stuff my parents told me, and it got through better. Why? Because we need family. So as I come to a close, here's what I want to share. The entire success of your family and generations to come depends on how you establish your family roots. I'm going to say that again. The success of your family and generations to come is dependent on how you establish your family roots. Tell me, you guys believe that? Establishing your family in prayer and faith and church community. When you do that, you will flourish. When you do that, you avoid the shortcomings of being planted outside of those things of God. Let's talk about Father Abraham. Father Abraham, I'm not going to sing the song as much as that comes to my head. It's up there. 
It's not there. We're not going to do that. Father Abraham in Galatians 3 and 9, it says this. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness is what the Bible says. Meaning that he had faith and God said, okay, now you're in right standing with me. And based on that, God makes him a promise. He goes, I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. I'm going, to, I'm going to raise up a generation through you that outnumbers the stars. And so he believed. And what happens is, we go to Galatians in the New Testament, this new body of Christ, this new Christian church. And because of Abraham's decision, he created a legacy of a family of faith. So you and I, if you didn't know this, You've been engrafted into these chosen people of Israel, Abraham's people, the, the Jewish people. Whether you know it, you've been engrafted in family. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, shalom, neighbor, shalom, right? You've been engrafted in through Abraham. You're like, I don't look Jewish. You've been engrafted in. You don't have to be Jewish even as a Gentile. You've been engrafted in to this chosen family because of Abraham's decision. You have a decision. Will you serve the Lord? Will your family serve the Lord? I remember these things that I'm talking about, we practiced it in our house. We're not perfect, but we sure try. We sure try to practice these things. We try to be perfect. We try to follow the word. We were trusting God as a family back when we just had Ivana. She was probably six years old. And we said, you know what? The Bible says don't owe any man anything but love. And so we didn't like owing all these credit card companies money. <laughs> So we said, we're going to stand on the word. The Bible says that if we um, pay our tithes, God will open up the windows of heaven to pour out room that we don't have room to receive. So we took those credit cards and we brought in our daughter. We could have did this by ourselves, but we wanted to create a generation of saying, we are going to trust God for our finances, not Visa. And so we brought in the credit cards. We said, come on, baby girl, cut them up. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, she, she was probably six and she was having fun just using big people's scissors. But what she got from that was that we stood in faith. And so later on, when it was time to go vacation, so I, I, I know we talked about going to Six Flags or Disney World, but remember, as a family, we're going to trust God. We're going to be good stewards of our finances. And one day we will go to Disney. One day we will do these things. But right now, we were doing as a family, completely debt-free because we did it as a family, and God put his hand on that. But now Ivana has the legacy of that. So now when she meets somebody, hold up now, you cut up credit cards before with your family? Because if you ain't done it, I don't know if you don't want. When we talk about trusting God for a house, we didn't have the money for our down payment, but we took the kids and we rode around. And again, we're, we're, we're a weird family, okay? We're by normal standard. We rode around and we said, all right, kids, get out. We're going to step on this ground. We're going to call. we like the children of Israel. We're going to march around this house. And we didn't have the money. And the people would say, you got the money for us? And no, we don't, but my father does. And come on, kids, get out there and walk. And so the house we're living in is a house we didn't have the money for, but we created a legacy of faith. My kids will live in a home that was built by faith. It was purchased by faith. It wasn't purchased on works, it was purchased by faith. When someone gets sick in our house, we got Tylenol in the house, we got those things. But the first thing we do is say, let's be a family of prayer. Let's be a family. I know we see this thing, but let's trust God for it. I know everybody else is accepting this, but we're not accepting this. And so we say, we're going to trust God. If someone gets sick in our house, we, we pray. The Bible says that we can lay hands on the sick and they recover. So we say, all right, let's do it. 
Gigi, get the oil out. Come on, baby girl, get the oil. Somebody start praying in tongues. Here we go. We got the kid. <laughs> they have not a prayer. So they're like, yabba dabba do, Scooby Doo. They be, they be making up tongues. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a faith process. And I said, we're going to serve God in this family. We might, not got, we might not get it right all the time, but we're going to make a decision to plant our family roots in God. And we will flourish. And if we're not flourishing, I'm going to find somebody here. Why? Because I'm connected to the community of faith. Teach me how to flourish. I remember going to, uh, to Seabrooks, I remember. In fact, they're not here right now. They're, they're, a, they're a couple in our, in, our, in our church that's like established couple. Just, you know, they've been around for years. They, they've been, they, they look good. They're cool, you know. And I was like, teach me how to have longevity. I want that hundredfold fruit like you guys have. Teach me how to steward my family. Teach me how to steward my finances. You have a choice to make a legacy. You don't have to do it by yourself. Prayer, faith, community of faith. Going back full circle. My great-grandfather, Pastor Joshua Baker, he could have been bitter and said, ah, life dealt me some bad cards. I mean, we've all got bad things in our life, but I don't think any of us here were slaves, right? Life dealt me a raw deal. Forget that. I'm not going to God. Or maybe I'm not going to trust church people. But he made a decision to root his family in God. And today, you have Pastor DJ preaching the gospel completely free. Thank you, Jesus. Because the decision that Pastor Joshua Baker made over 100 years ago, Here's what I want you to know before we pray. You can't control where your roots started, but it's your decision where they end. I'm going to come down for this because some people here are like, well, pastor, you know, I didn't grow up in a family like you did, or my parents, they didn't pray and they didn't make me speak in weird tongues like that. They, they didn't do all that. It's okay. You, didn't, you can't choose where your roots started, but you can choose where you make them end. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not giving in to the pressures to conform to society. We are going to stand as a family. Why? Because family matters to God, so it matters to us. I know you might see all this stuff outside, but family, here's what we're going to do. And I pray you keep this. In fact, I hear many of you saying right now, well, you know, my kids are older, they're doing their own thing. I don't go on what I see, I go on what the Bible says. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they get older, what? They won't depart from it. So what are you standing on? Are you standing on the word? Or did you give up? Did the sun come to scorch you out because you were planted in rocky ground? If you did, that's okay. We have Jesus who can reconnect us at any moment. All you have to say is, Jesus, I need you to reconnect me. And your family is reconnected just like that. I see people here that have prayed for their sons, pray for their daughters to come back, and they're here now. I see people that pray for their marriage, and they're still standing in it now. That starts with a decision that we're not going to stand for anything less than being rooted in God.